0: Chasing Dramas. We are your hosts, Kathy and Karen. We wrapped up the plot recap and we'll do a final thoughts episode for the story of Yancy Palace, which I feel like has had such a big impact or influence on many people. This overall is fantastic in giving Chinese dramas an opportunity to shine. But did you know that the story of Yanxi Palace is actually unavailable to watch officially in China? This extremely popular drama that has millions of views on YouTube and is plenty popular on our podcast has actually been, in Chinese, xiajia. That's the Chinese term for dramas that have been removed from official streaming platforms in China. Given that, we thought it would be interesting to talk about some popular dramas that have been xiajia and are unavailable in China but may still be accessible elsewhere in the world. And you can check your region as well. With that, let's start our In the Know episode. As a reminder, many of the translations here are our own and not direct translations of official sources. This podcast is in English with certain proper nouns and phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. If you have any thoughts about these unavailable dramas or are curious about why you cannot see a particular drama, please feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter or else email us at Karen and Kathy at chasingdramas.com. The first two dramas that we want to talk about are going to be the story of Yanxi Palace, Yanxi Gong Lue, and then also Rui's Love in the Palace, Rui Zhuan. I find it so funny that some people fall in different camps for these two dramas that basically have the same characters and are set in the exact same time period, but have vastly different portrayals of three key characters. The Empress Nala the Emperor Qianlong, and also Ling Fei or Consort Ling. I personally love Rui's Love in the Palace for its portrayals of history, the costumes, and unique individuals in the drama that are absolutely lovely. The acting from the female lead Zhou Xun is also phenomenal. Unfortunately, that drama is a tragic love story, quite unlike the triumphant narrative we see in the story of Yanzi Palace. So I'm hesitant to re-watch that drama too many times because I will just cry nonstop at the end. On the flip side, I do enjoy the story of Yanxi Palace for being, in Chinese, it's called a or a drama that is extremely satisfying. It avoids many tropes for the main character, Wei Yingluo, that was so refreshing at the time and has spawned several new dramas in the category of But regardless of whether or not you like one or the other, if you're in China, it doesn't matter because guess what? Both of them have been xiajia or removed. So what happened? The streaming platforms such as Tencent and IT never came out with official reasons for why they removed those dramas. One reason that people refer to is that the airing rates for the dramas have expired and therefore they were removed from these platforms. Simple as that. I personally don't tend to agree with this explanation because the benefits of having the drama on the streaming platform far outweighs the streaming rights. It costs 300 million RMB, for example, to create Rui's Love in the Palace and for it to suddenly just come off air. I don't know the economics or finances of how much money a drama makes from uh, being online, but I'm sure that whoever created the drama, the drama creators would have preferred that Rui Jun be able to be live on streaming platforms for longer than just a year. Now, the other reason why this drama or these dramas were removed is more convincing in my mind and is more about the content itself. As a reminder, both of these dramas aired in 2018 and in 2019, they suddenly disappeared from... All Chinese streaming platforms now again this is not exactly the reason why the dramas were removed but to give some color in 2019 the Beijing Daily a newspaper openly criticized these types of palace dramas citing five major issues one popularizing Imperial and palace life causing that to become the new quote-unquote in style number two Too much focus on palace-fighting schemes, causing a deterioration in real-life social interactions. Number three, generously beautifies feudal and imperial rule while minimizing current society's strengths. Four, glorifies extravagance, a direct contrast to the benefits of being more frugal or thrifty. And five, focused on more immediate market and monetary gain, weakening the more upstanding and just messaging that these platforms are able to provide. Additionally, the National Radio and Television Administration in 2018 raised requirements for on-screen media to not manipulate or wrongly recount history, to not change the story of historical characters from what was already deemed to be true. If we take the critique from the Beijing Daily, and the government's requirements and summarize them into a big picture. Their main problem with these dramas is that these palace dramas are dramatizing too much of the real historical characters or lives of those characters, that they twisted too much history or else portrayed a falsified version of events such that the audience is given an inaccurate version of these events, and furthermore, These palace dramas have had negative impacts on society, which the government did not want to continue. And thus, these two extremely popular dramas that we love and we can watch, at least in the States, are not available for Chinese viewers anymore. Well, that was the background for why those two dramas and in general, why we don't see new palace dramas anymore. It's fascinating that Empresses in the Palace is still around, but here we are. What's really funny about that is Yoku as we've discussed, has been lagging compared to the other juggernauts with regards to streaming. For example, Tencent and ITE. But they are the only platform that has Empresses in the Palace as a streaming drama. So this is kind of one of their like Content is king dramas, where everybody, if they want their fix of Empresses in the Palace, must go and watch Yo So I think Yo Ku is he- holding on to this one for dear life. <laughs> As for the other two, it's unlikely that the story of Yansi Palace and Rui's love in the palace will ever be placed back on official channels in China. Because Empresses in the Palace is still available online, The meme culture, the video culture, TikTok culture in China for that drama is super strong. We just don't get to see any of that influence with these other two dramas because they are officially not available in China. Now, outside of these historical portrayal reasons for why dramas are removed, let's now talk about a few other dramas that were removed generally due to the lead actor or actresses in those dramas. The first is Shan He or Word of Honor. So this drama was a hit drama in 2021. Perhaps many of you have watched it. This was widely available in Western media, and I remember seeing this on Netflix as well. The two male leads in the drama, Zhang Zhehan and Gong Jun, saw their careers skyrocket after the airing of this drama with its handsome cast intriguing story and fantastic soundtrack. Gong Jun has certainly enjoyed the rise in popularity from this drama as he has been cast in several big-name productions afterwards, playing alongside megastars such as Dili Reba and Yang Mi. But then, why did this drama get removed in China? Unfortunately, this has a lot to do with the other male lead of this drama, Zhang Zhehan. This actor has been acting for many years and word of honor was his big break. He had plenty of reality TV show appearances after this drama came out and his career was on the upward trajectory, but he had to run afoul with the Chinese government with some of his previous, let's say, appearances in Japan, which is why this drama is no longer available on air. His whole situation gets really political, and the fallout is quite fascinating, so we won't spend too much time here. Maybe we'll do a separate episode dedicated to his fiasco. Let's just say it has to do with Japan, and Chinese people did not like it. For those of you who might be unaware, there is some long residual bad blood between the two countries, and let's just say those are certain topics. We do not touch. Shan Heling was removed after this brouhaha in which Zhang Zhehan was basically blacklisted. He no longer is able to act in China. He has no social media in China. Although he's currently touring abroad, as in like in the US and out in like Western countries, which good for him. This particular drama was taken off air. It returned on the streaming platform on YouKu, but as we said the drama was the breakout hit of the summer but after this fiasco nobody wanted to touch this drama anymore so all we see are just cuts of Gong Jun and his character and there's literally no mention of Zhang Zhehan and his character in the drama anymore. All of the residual marketing focused on Gong Jun instead. I believe it's still available on Netflix And I think also on YouTube. So again, there's that difference between what we see in the West and what we see in China. Next, let's talk about another drama that might surprise a lot of viewers about its fate. This is the very popular drama Love O2O or Wei Wei Yi Xiao Heng Qing Cheng, which starred Yang Yang and Zheng Shuang. This drama was taken off of the air and the web in 2021. The drama Love O2O aired in 2016 and honestly skyrocketed both Yang Yang and Zheng Shuang to A-list status as the two were in their early 20s. We haven't really seen any drama quite like it, Karen. I don't think so. Like a hit with a very handsome male lead, I have a lot of issues with Zheng Shuang's characterization or portrayal in that drama. But I feel like in that summer, those two were everywhere and everybody was obsessed with this drama. Yeah, I mean, it was my first introduction to Yang Yang. I thought Zheng Shuang was way too thin in the role, but I looked at Yang Yang and I was like, oh, my God, he is so handsome. (laughs) The 30-episode drama is based on a book by the same name, and as I mentioned, it was a smash hit in the summer of 2016. A brief, really brief plot overview. We have college student Beiweiwei, Weiwei, who is playing an online game, and in the online game meets a very powerful other character, who's also played by Xiao Nai, who happens to be a senior in the same college. They meet in the game, they fall in love in real life, and it's a happy ending. I feel like every millennial in China has seen this drama or has heard of it. The soundtrack is something that I think, Karen, you and I went to Hot Pot (laughs) this past weekend and heard the soundtrack being played in the Hot Pot restaurant, and we're like, what is this throwback? Uh, I feel like that's the whole reason why you were like, oh, let's talk about this drama. love O2O uh, for today because I totally forgot about it. The problem or the the highlight is that this drama also has millions of views on YouTube um, when you see it now. It's, so it is quite a big hit, um, at least in our perception abroad as well. This drama was taken off of the air in China due to the scandals concerning the female lead Zheng Shuang. Similar to the situation with Zhang Zhehan, I do want to dedicate a whole episode to her, Fall from Grace, because some parts of it are very interesting with the different standards that the West has compared to China. Let's just say Zhang Shuang has also been blacklisted in China, but she does have non-Chinese social media in which people are able to see what she's up to. Despite her best efforts, her career is officially over in China. That just means that all, if not most, of her dramas where she is a lead, and there's plenty in which she has really kind of solidified her status with, means that those have all disappeared from the airwaves in China as well. We'll round out today's list with Wu Meinyang Chuan Qi, or The Empress of China. This drama came out in 2014 starring Fan Bingbing. We've talked about her quite a bit this past year because she has been soft blacklisted in China in which she cannot act in any Chinese dramas and movies anymore, but she still has her social media accounts and is able to attend social functions, but maybe not in China. She was definitely blacklisted because she didn't pay her taxes. Well... This drama was a, wait for it, 82 episode epic depicting the life of the first and only empress in China. When the drama came out 10 years ago, everyone thought, wow, this was going to be a hit drama for Fan Bingbing as the lead. Fan Bingbing always had the beauty, but she never really had a smash hit with herself as a lead. There have been several other ladies who've portrayed Wu Zetian before her with many to critical acclaim, and it wasn't a stretch to say that this probably would have been her smash hit drama. The thing is, when this drama did air uh, on television, it had really good ratings. I don't think it was the best drama by any means when I watched it, but it certainly had high viewership because the costumes oh my gosh, we're beautiful, the makeup was stunning, and Fan Bingbing had a lot of star power. The issue, though, with this drama and why this drama was pulled from the air for a couple of days was because, well, there was actually way too much cleavage shown. I kid you not, the Chinese government ordered this drama to be taken down for a couple of days when it was airing, so that the editors of the drama could quickly edit the remaining dozens of episodes so that no cleavage would be visible. The cleavage was apparently too tempting. So the result was that basically every scene where there was only women or a shot where there was a woman, we only got the shot from like the neck up. The drama gained the moniker of the bobblehead drama or the uh, big head drama (laughs) because in one scene, everyone's normal size and you get a full body shot. In the next, you only get (laughs) a massive head on screen because the rest of the body was edited out. (laughs) This was so funny to see. I don't remember watching all of this when it was happening live, but the discourse around this drama was just on two points. Number one. Wow, everyone is so gorgeous and beautiful. And number two, boobs, <laughs> boobs everywhere. Or hmm, what happened? There are no boobs now. <laughs> the thing is, I do want to point out that if I remember correctly, the costumes were on the historically accurate side. During the Tang Dynasty, the preference for women was to show a little more bust. And the women during that Dynasty were more sexually free. So in that regard, I can't really fall to the costume designers on this to for showing more cleavage. The Chinese government just wanted to uh, reduce <laughs> the amount of cleavage shown on screen. At least the whole drama didn't get cut out. But this, I think, was a fun one. Well, to round out, at least this drama is still available to watch. Uh, In China, it just has a lot of these edited scenes that don't make it as fluid or as beautiful as it could be. Other people who have had their dramas removed from Chinese platforms we have mentioned include Li Yifeng and Donglun. There are also different levels of removing people from a platform. This includes keeping the drama available online. But just removing the actor or actress's name from the billing and removing their images from prominent posters or a marketing material. Alternatively, these dramas could be available online to stream on various platforms, but they are just unavailable or not allowed to be aired on network television. So in closing, Did you know about all of these dramas that are unavailable to watch in China or maybe had various editing issues here and there? Are any of these surprising to you? What are your thoughts about all of the changes that have happened for Chinese dramas? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know your thoughts. That is it for today's podcast episode. Thank you all so much for listening and